You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. And now our feature presentation. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett led an elite group of scientists into the desert to develop a top-secret project known as Quantum Leap. Pressured to prove his theories or lose funding, Dr. Beckett prematurely stepped into the Project Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in the past, suffering from partial amnesia and facing a mirror image that was not his own. Fortunately, contact with his own time was maintained through brainwave transmissions with Al, the Project Observer, who appeared in the form of a hologram that only Dr. Beckett can see and hear. Trapped in the past, Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, putting things right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Welcome to Darker Project's version of Quantum Leap, with Paul Arbisi as Sam Beckett and Ben Harmer as Albert Calavici. Tonight's episode, Cry, Angel, Cry. I'm not going to harm you. I'm here to help you. Help you and Al. Al? You're a friend of Al's? (laughs) Yeah. I'm a friend of Al's. Think we can sit? I'm going to tell you a story, Beth. A story with a happy ending. But only if you believe me. And if I don't? You will. I, I swear you will. But instead of starting with Once Upon a Time, let's start with a happy ending. Al's alive. He's coming home. (laughs) 
In all the years of leaping, I've learned a number of lessons, not the least of which is to focus as quickly as possible on the things and sounds in the situation to which I've just landed. As the vast blueness of the place in which I pause between leaps faded and my newest situation is coming into sharper focus, I instantly knew three things with certainty. First, I'm laying on my back and a bright light is shining down on me, so I close my eyes. Second, I'm wet all over and third, I'm naked. But then I hear, where am I? Do I dare open my eyes? Here goes nothing. Carefully opening my eyes a bit, I look around as much as I can without drawing attention to myself. I needn't have worried. No one's even looking in my direction. It looks like an operating room. Uh, no, no. A delivery room. Miss Medricks? Yes, Doctor. I want her to have something to help her sleep as soon as she's out of recovery. Diazepam, two milligrams infused. Then again in 12 hours if needed. Yes, sir. I'll put the order in right away. As the nurse moved away, I watched the doctor finish what he was doing. He paused a moment, then stood up, paused a moment, watching his patient. Then he turned and came towards me. I held my breath, not moving when he paused beside me. When he spoke, I, I felt the blood drain from my face. They wanted you so very much, too. Oh, oh no, no, it can't be. I waited until the doctor turned and went back to the woman on the delivery table, forgetting everything and everyone in the room. I lifted my head ever so slightly and glanced down at the aura surrounding my body and the, the severed umbilical stump in the middle of my belly. Oh my God! What wrong can I possibly set right as a newborn infant? Al! Where are you? Oh boy... What are you doing in there? I'm getting dressed. I've got some last-minute Christmas shopping to do. Did you leave anything in the closets? Huh? I mean, jeans, that red Christmas sweater, and... But I love my Mickey Mouse Christmas sweater. A ski jacket and boots. Are you sure you're warm enough? But baby, it's cold outside. Oh, I just checked with the airlines. Pippa and Alan's plane will arrive at 10.30 from San Diego. Jenny's plane will be arriving from Dallas at 11.10. Was my newest son-in-law able to make the trip? Yes. Jen said Mike almost didn't make it. Traffic snarl right outside of the airport. What about her midnight arrival? Anne-Marie. Is she still sleeping? Yes. Let her sleep as long as she wants. What time did she get in? She told me that she finished up her last exam yesterday morning about 10, but there was a snow delay and her flight was delayed seven hours. What? Exactly what are you looking for? Hmm? 
Oh, Verbena asked me to pick up a couple of things for her. She gave me a list. Anyway, Annie's plane didn't leave Boston until late, a little after 5 yesterday afternoon. And when she got into Dallas, she managed to book a seat on the last flight into Albuquerque, and that didn't get in until 9.22 last night. Then there was the drive from the airport, so she didn't get here until nearly 11. You were still in that committee meeting. Don't remind me. Poor baby was in bed 10 minutes after she got here. Regardless of what's on your agenda this morning, Al, don't forget to send a car to the airport. And when, Mrs. Calavici, was the last time I forgot to pick up any of my daughters at the airport? How about last year, when Anne Marie came home from college for the Easter holiday? It was two in the morning on Good Friday when she called to say she'd been waiting over two hours for someone who promised faithfully to meet her at the arrival gate, even though her flight wouldn't arrive till midnight that night. Aha! Found it! Shall I continue? I... Saved by the bell. Sounds more like a canary with a sore throat to me. I'll be back in a few hours. I've got my phone with me if you need me. Don't forget... The car. I love it when the whole family can come together for Christmas. Almost the whole family. Honey. See you later. What is it? It is critically urgent that you get to the waiting room, Admiral Calavici. Why? A new visitor has arrived and is incapable of speaking. She's also having difficulty breathing. What's wrong with her? Has the medical unit been alerted? Dr. Sanderson and the medical unit are in the waiting room working on her now. Dr. Beeks is assisting them, but the visitor may require a specialist if she's to live. I already don't like the direction the sleep is taking. Sands leaped into some woman who can't talk and is... What kind of specialist? What kind of specialist, Ziggy? A neonatologist. What did you say? But that would mean that Sands leaped into a... Ah. I believe the word you're looking for, Admiral, is baby. Dr. Beckett has leaped into a baby. A newborn female infant, to be precise. Door. This can't be happening. Get a grip, Gee, This is real. I don't like the look on your face, Dr. Beeks. How old is she, Verbena? She can't be more than one, possibly two minutes old. Gordon, Dr. Sanderson, says she was born literally seconds after Sam leaped into her, and she's having difficulty breathing. Why? She's premature. How premature? Gordon estimates three, maybe four weeks. Make way! <gasps> Al, you're white as a ghost. What's wrong? Holy Mary, Mother of God. Her left shoulder. Are you okay, Admiral? Oh, 
That little pink mark on her shoulder, shaped like a cherub's lips, is... Where the angel kissed her just before she was born. Clear her windpipe! Her nose and throat are clear. No! Check again! There's mucus lodged in her windpipe! How do you... It's there! Damn it, Sanderson! Check it! Give me the fiber optic bronchioscope. Damn it! Someone give me that scope! Al, do you Helen, know who this baby is? Head. That's it. Hold it steady. Yes. Thread the tube down her throat. Suction. Hang on, little one. It's almost out. That's it, George. Cry. Cry. Admiral Kanaguchi. What, Siggy? I believe you should make contact with Dr. Beckett immediately. See, I'll... Right. Take good care of her, Sanderson. I'll be back as soon as I can. I will, Admiral. Here's the hand link, Admiral. Ziggy? Yes, there's a 99.3% probability that Dr. Beckett has leaped into the infant to prevent her death by asphyxiation four minutes after her birth. In the original history... I know what happened. What happened originally? Who is that baby? Her name is Georgia. Who is she, Al? She's my daughter. My mental scream for Al barely finished echoing in my head when I heard the sound I've been praying for almost since I leapt in here. It was hard not to twitch when the imaging chamber door closed mere inches from where I lay. Al's tense expression, as well as the fact that he didn't waste words on small talk, re-emphasized the seriousness of the sleep. Judging by the look in your eyes, you figured out you've leaped into a newborn baby. Ziggy's figured out why you're here. You've leaped into mine and Beth's last child, Georgia Angelina Calvici. Yeah, I almost fainted too. Anyway, in the original history, Georgia was born five weeks prematurely. And she... she died four minutes after birth. Oh my god. The autopsy Beth and I demanded showed that she would have lived if the doctor had worked on her for another couple minutes. They checked her throat, not her windpipe. And because she was premature, they... They didn't do anything else. And, and my sweet angel lay where you are now. Choked to death on a tiny bit of thick mucus lodged in her windpipe. We sued and won, but Beth never really got over George's death. Neither did you, Al. Sam, Ziggy says all you have to do is cry. Talk and keep crying till you leave. She says it'll be enough to sustain Georgia until she leads back into herself. Ziggy gives it a 99.35% probability that you're here to prevent Georgia's premature death. I swear, Sam. Ziggy told me the probability before I got the chance to ask. Here. Look for yourself. Holding his gaze, I, I nod my head subtly. Just as one of the nurses walked past me, carrying a tray of sterilized instruments. As I felt her bump the table on which I lay, the tray of instruments clattering to the floor. Tracy, be more careful. Someone, help me! Oh my god, Dr. Bartlett. 
She cried. Stethoscope. Suddenly I found <laughs> myself Barnlet. on the receiving end of Dr. massive Barnlet, attention as a nasal cannula was put on me and a stethoscope was placed on my chest. Ooh, that's cold. And set up some oxygen, a half liter per minute. Check her pulse. Pulse is 130 per minute. While the doctors and nurses fussed over me, I kept talking to them. As I talked, I glanced around for Al and smiled. Al had walked over to the stand by the delivery table where Beth lay. Though separated by vast oceans of time, it was a moment I'll never forget. I watched them sharing tears of happiness. It's okay, honey. She's going to live. Our sweet little George is going to make it. So, how do things turn out? Well, right now, at the project, the doctors have her stabilized. Siggy uh, says you should keep crying, talking, uh, until Georgia leaps back into herself. So what's happening with her? Even as we speak, uh, Georgie, uh, Georgia's a healthy, beautiful, headstrong girl who's driving me and her mom nuts with more shenanigans than even I remember getting into. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for our Christmas angel. What? You probably don't remember, but Georgia was born at 7.37 a.m., Christmas morning, 1985. So, thank you for our Christmas angel. I just wish I could give you something for Christmas. Maybe a watch? Al glanced at his watch, and while his expression didn't give me any sort of hint, I, I knew he was pleased with whatever thought occurred to him. Coming to the table where I lay... Al bent over so his face was just inches from mine. I wondered when he glanced at his watch for a moment and looked back at me. Georgie just turned 16. Oh. Merry Christmas, Sam. Merry Christmas, Al. Admiral Calavici, I have a complaint. What is it, Ziggy? If your youngest child doesn't learn and abide by certain rules, she may one day find herself locked in a room not easily located. And I will erase all knowledge of that room's location. Permanently. Thanks, Sam. I'm sorry, Ziggy. What did Georgia do now? You've been listening to Darker Project's version of Quantum Leap, episode number one, entitled Cry, Angel, Cry, written by C.E. Crowley. Featured in tonight's episode were Paul Arbisi as Sam Beckett, Ben Harmer as Albert Calavici, Mindy Rast Keenan as Ziggy, Rachel Rumler as Verbena Beeks, Jeremy Hennessy as Gucci, Catherine Freeman as Beth Calavici, Austin Beach as Dr. James Bartlett, DJ Dirk as Nurse Marion Metrics, Drew Prophet as Dr. Gordon Sanderson, Elise Crowley as Nurse Helen Olson, and yours truly as the announcer. The theme music was composed by Mike Post and Belton Ray Bunch. Georgia On My Mind is by Ray Charles. Additional music by Kevin McLeod. Produced and post-production by MJ Cockburn. 
Darker Projects' version of Quantum Leap is based on the Universal television series Quantum Leap, created by Donald Belisario. No infringement of those rights are intended, and no monies will be collected for said production. All stories are the property of their authors and are used by permission. The executive producer for Darker Projects is MJ Conklin. This has been a Darker Projects production. This is Shane Harris. Thanks for listening.